Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 20. Yes, 20 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that has a coronary every single game the Bengals play. Yes, we're recording this immediately after the Bengals' first game of the season where they won against the Colts 34-23 in a game that perfectly embodied a Cincinnati Bengals football match. I think there was the good, the bad and the ugly, but ultimately (laughs) a win. What a win, eh, Paul? Um, with me to discuss, you might have guessed, uh, <laughs> you may have guessed I have company. Uh, yes, with me to discuss the game tonight is the X to my factor, the barbecue to my wings, the AJ Green to my fumbles, and the absolutely terrible to my new tackling rules, it's Nathan Palmer, everybody. What? I, I tell you what, I've done 20 episodes of Cincinnati, and I told you the 20th episode was going to be the episode I was most excited about, and it has come to life. I am absolutely buzzing off my nut. What a win, eh? Absolutely. I mean, phew, blimey. God, didn't I put us through it again, didn't they? But... Um... But anyway, we're episode 20. Um, just to give you a shout, this episode's probably going to be a bit shorter than usual because we're doing it straight after the game. It's North- not in the sewing room. And it's not in the sewing room. It's in Nathan's apartment. Uh, his partner, Rosie, has made us some amazing food tonight. We've drank some beer and shouted quite a lot, haven't we, really? <laughs> well, we expected a call from the neighbours in the morning. Absolutely. We also have another special guest uh, for you this evening. And just behind us... On the television screen, it's Pittsburgh 21, Cleveland 21. It's a slugfest. Oh, my God. And Tampa Bay absolutely nailing the Saints. Um, It's unreal to have it all back in. Isn't it? It's just Sunday nights are back again. Paul, I'm taking the lead here. You've been here for me for the roller coaster. What's your first thoughts? Give us your initial Paul Heron's first thoughts. Um, My first thought is relief because, like, I think I said to you, sort of midway through the third quarter, we're going to lose this. I think, um, but fair play to them. They and I tell you what it was. I think it was. It was that Carlos Dunlap sack stroke yeah, non sack on Andrew right. Luck. They came out after that immediately after that play on defense, but also offense. Yeah, yeah. Completely fired up yep. with like new intensity, and you know you get these moments in games when just kind of ramps up the intensity. That was the moment to me um, because before that it was a little bit like last year. You know they were sort of carving us open a little bit yeah. with I mean they had a really great game plan you yeah, have to give did. credit to the Colts they were playing like four five receivers spreading the whole field out yeah. little dinks like four five yards converting on every on we got them in third down it, it seemed to me like every single series mm. and just couldn't stop them on third down they just kept marching and marching and they dominated the game clock, didn't they? Time of possession was all them. And I think it's such credit to our defence at the end there to hold. And you were saying it on the last drive. You were saying, Ben, don't break. Ben, don't break. I was swearing at the TV, saying, you know, you can't get these four, five, six. It's too easy. But ultimately, you get that break. You get the win. And, you know, credit to the Bengals for holding in there. You're on the road. First game of the season. They're saying on the broadcast, Bengals haven't won in Indianapolis since Boomer Esiason was yeah, there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've gone and got that, you know, monkey off your back tonight. That's a massive win for the Bengals. And yeah. I think if they'd lost that game, we'd be sat here and be saying we're not good enough. Bobby Hart's not good enough. You, you know, there's there's not enough execution there. There'd, there'd all be true things to say. But a win on the road, first game of the season, you're going at home on Thursday. All of a sudden... 
the fires in the belly, the confidence Momentum. is there. You've won us. You've won a bit of a, and that's the sign of a good team is winning a rugged game like that, winning a bit dirty. You know what I mean? Wow, my goodness, though. I mean, I mean you I, know about winning dirty, Paul, didn't you? Well, I know about <laughs> winning dirty, playing dirty, being dirty. Anyway, what are we talking about? Um, I mean, there for a first game, it was quite a game, wasn't it? Because I mean, there were so many things to discuss from that. From that, I mean, the first quarter, you know, I mean, it started off what with a Dalton interception and then an Andrew Luck interception and then Sean Williams getting ejected. And my sofa breaking. (laughs) Well, yeah. And then the sofa breaking. It was like, (laughs) just to let you know, while we were jumping around, um, there were three people on the sofa. I think it was Nathan, his partner, Rosie and Nathan's friend, Ben, and they all leapt up. When was it? On the Preston you... Brown interception. On the Preston Brown interception. And they all went back down at the same time <laughs> on the sofa. And it completely collapsed under them. So, I mean, it's been drama. If all sofa them. works are listening, we'd like a full refund. <laughs> That's right, yeah. If, if they want to sponsor us, uh, free sofas, absolutely. Yeah, but, um, okay, so let's talk about things. Um, Paul, what do you think of Mixon? Well, Mixon it was one of the biggest talking points tonight. I thought he was terrific and... Um, he, we did run the ball much better, and Billy Price was getting caught out a little bit to begin with, but he had a pretty okay game, I think. You've got to remember a rookie. I thought, yeah. I mean, we we noticed him on the second level quite a yeah, few times, yeah. which you know you never really got Bodine doing that. No, did you? it's true. He could hardly get out of his stance, to be honest with you, let alone onto the <laughs> second level. Um, yeah, he ran really hard. He ran uh, with real intent. He ran with real patience Swagger. and skill. Some of his cutbacks were tremendous. So, yeah, credit to the offensive line. Credit to Mixon because, you know, he was great. And I feel, I feel as though I should be asking you about Mixon, really, Nathan, because, well, you know, he's 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 your boy, isn't he? He's well, your... I mean, obviously I've been critical. I've not been critical of Mixon. I've been more critical of the credit that's been given to Mixon based on not a lot of production. And tonight he answered those calls resoundingly. I mean, that is the sort of performance that we need from a running back that we haven't had since Jeremy Hill in his first year. Absolutely. And I think we need that every week. We need, we need it certainly production at the running back spot like that that we haven't had for a long time. And... Credit to Joe, he's turned up, he's had a big game and that I think opened the passing game up for us a bit and it really got us out of key situations. There was a couple of third downs, that one at the end of the second, uh, the first half where it was, I think it was a third and two and you give it to him down the sidelines, his speed gets him to the edge, he gets around the corner. I was really impressed tonight and I was really impressed by the offensive line bar Bobby Hart in pass protection. We'll come on to that I thought the offensive line, certainly from a run production standpoint, pass production, it was better. Yeah. But I certainly think from a run protection standpoint, they really helped Joe out tonight. Joe Mixon, 17 carriers for 95 yards, 5.6 yards a carry. That's what we want. Uh, and Mixon, five catches for 54 yards. So he's, That's a real good game. And while we're recording, Cleveland and Pittsburgh are going into overtime. Isn't that exciting? Come God, on, Cleveland. Cleveland can do that. Uh, well, Baltimore absolutely knacked uh, Buffalo. So yeah. we're playing them Thursday. But um, another thing we have to talk about is the offensive line. Uh, you alluded to Bobby Hart, and it's easy to pick on Bobby Hart, but uh, for a reason, I think, because Margus Hunt. Yes, that's, that's, that's Margus the key Hunt. Thing. That's the key thing. Margus Hunt, and I think, like you said, we were talking about this in the game, Margus Hunt, and they said it on air, 2.5 sacks in his career. Yeah. Very much a rotational end for the Colts. Two sacks tonight. Or three. 
I think he got two. Did he? It felt like three. Well, it felt like that. And I think Bobby Hart's just getting blown over by him. That worries me because Terrell Suggs comes to town on Thursday night and you've got some very talented defensive ends around the league, far more talented than Margaret Hunt. And that bothers me a lot that we've got, you know, someone of that calibre. And I think it'll hurt us. That, That really worries me, that does. Uh, let's go to our Twitter uh, channels, our social channels. VB at Von Blade. Hello, Vonnie. Solid Cur- Curious to know how many other teams get out of week one with an ejected player or a 15 yard <laughs> cuddling the QB p- penalty. I bet it's only us. Uh, we'll come on to the roughing the passer and the tackling rules in a moment. Michael Fisher at Cosmic Sausage. Hello, Sausage. Uh, how good was that? The fumble, that fumble recovery for a TD was probably the most excited I've got watching a Bengals game for ages. Mixing immense, D-line immense, only downsize, linebackers bleep in coverage, and Bobby Hart looked more like Bobby Davro. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's a good post. That is a uh, good post. That's a quality that point. Uh, Peter Dadswell at Dadders. Dadders. Hello, Pete. Um, the RT position hasn't been sorted. Hart isn't the answer. Number two, pass rush can can and will be better. Three, promise to create more turnovers turn out to be true. Four, always preferred Fedge over Williams. Five, Mixon is the real deal. Climb on the Mixon train, Palmer. Mate, he's got a point in the I'm, 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 I'm certainly at the station. Certainly at the station. I'm at you're, the station. You're running alongside the train. As no, mate, leaving. I'm at the station and the train's pulling in and I'm debating whether to get on. You're going to have one a... game, mate. You got anyone can have a good I know. Game. Three games in. If he repeats People this production, people can start getting excited now. I give, but like, you want to see a few more of them. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, th- this is one thing I want to say, and I <clears throat> might go on to say this, but very quickly, we were saying this in the first quarter. You're looking at the Colts tonight. Without their number one running back, Marlon Mack. Yeah. Without their number one tackle in Anthony Costanzo. Yeah. If you look at them defensively, and we're talking about Margus Hunt being the main game player there, there is not a lot of talent on that defence from like a perennial, you know, sort of like pro no, I mean, Jabal Shea, pro talent. Jabal Shea's pretty all right. But. Yeah, every, I mean, every, every team has a player of some sort of, you know, yeah. above average calibre. But I think the Colts, bar Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, are a very poor team, and I think they will be exposed this year as being maybe a four-win, five-win team. And I think we needed to win that because I do. I think at the start of the season, everyone's you know kind of on an even keel. You've got a quarterback like Luck, who on his day is a top five, ten quarterback that you need to take care of. And there's a lot of attention and focus on him. We've done a good job there, but I wouldn't get too excited because I do think the Colts are a poor football team yeah I, I wouldn't go quite that far I thought they game planned really well and, and executed pretty well, well yeah. and look I agree with that pretty good so he can only get better I think yeah. but it's just a case where that offensive line can keep him healthy I think throughout the um, throughout the season um, there was a lot going on in that game wasn't there oh, right, um, yeah I mean, we. I mean, where do you start? I mean, we've talked about the they just did not look in sync offensively. AJ what? Green's fumbles, Paul. What do you think? I don't know. That's I'd, a problem. You see, I, I've read a few people on Twitter tonight saying that it's a problem. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's more noticeable because of who AJ Green is, because every player fumbles. Yeah. That first fumble, defender did a great job. Yeah. Second one. Could have protected, and you, you, you mentioned he was holding the ball. He does away from his body. He, he likes holding it away from his body. He doesn't yeah, tuck it. Yeah, I mean the first uh, fumble, 
he did have it tucked, but obviously, I mean, yeah. I just sometimes you just have to give yeah the defender all the credit in the world. You know, um, the second one, I think he could have protected it a lot better. Yeah, if, is it a problem? I don't know. He scored a massive touchdown. He got us out of a hole a few times. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm reserving judgment. It's he, he's well, not fumbling think... every other game. Yeah. He has one or two, but because of his high high profile nature, yeah. I think you notice them yeah. more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, he, he needs to work on it. I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, I think with Green, like you got to think he's worth what six, seven, eight catches a game on a sort of average decent game. Yeah. A lot of those he'll go out of bounds on, he'll go down easily on. He's not going to be in those situations where necessarily he's running forward, getting tackled like that either. And I'm sure the coaches and everyone will work on the technique with him. And I would hope that, you know, it won't be an ongoing issue. Absolutely. Um, we'll continue to talk about uh, the game in a moment. Uh, but now we do have a special guest. Obviously, if you've just joined us and thinking, who are these two idiots talking about the Bengals? <laughs> um I did go down to the NFL UK kickoff event yesterday, which was the Saturday, and I met a few new Bengals fans to me and to Bengals UK. Managed to sign them up. Um, um, so, if you are listening uh, to us for the first time, welcome along. Thank you for listening. We're going to try and do this every week. And why do we do a podcast? Well. I guess it's just a way to keep building the community. We try and give as many shout outs uh, to Bengals UK fans as possible. Uh, we are organised meetups. We're a friendly, inclusive bunch on Twitter and on Facebook. So thank you for joining us. If you're here, uh, if you're a long term listener, again, thank you for, for tuning back in. We're going to try and do this every week during the season, hopefully 100%. on a Monday. Um, and what we do try and do is have a special guest every week. And we've had some fantastic, I mean, it's gone, you know, beyond our wildest dreams, really. We've had the likes of Kevin Huber and Ken Anderson and Carlos Dunlap, Solomon Wilcott and uh, Munoz, Dave Lapham, Ken Anderson. I mean, they just keep rolling along, don't they? And we've got Paul Hirons, we've had. Well, exactly. Um, I, my name belongs in those, <laughs> that list of legends, I would say. Um, but we do have another excellent guest for you uh, in this episode, and um, you may know him from another podcast, and he's been over with his chums, Dan Hansus, Greg Rosenthal, and Mark Sessler during this week. Um, so yeah, here's our special guest. He is one of the four horsemen of the Around the NFL podcast apocalypse. It's Chris Wessling. Chris, welcome to Cincinnati. Oh, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, we were just talking about the fact that, you know, a large proportion of your um, listeners and indeed readers are from the NFL. And you do get a, you know, anybody that listens to your podcast does um, uh, hear lots of correspondence from the UK. So you kind of knew what the level of fandom was here, I guess. But has anything really surprised you when you've been here? You know, I I think how well it's gone. Like, mm. you know, we were a little bit nervous. We don't know exactly how we'll be received. Uh, but how well, like, all the interactions have gone with the fans, how pleasant it's been to speak with everyone, how passionate everyone is about football. And um, it's sort of like, 
it's it's a more curious crowd, I think, about football. So right. it's it's fewer it's fewer know it alls and more people trying still to learn. Right, right, okay. And I think your colleague Greg said it best a couple of years ago when he said, when he sort of looked into this the British kind of fandom here. Um, he, he he said it kind of it's it seems to him to be a very pure fandom because we're not involved, as you say, in the know it alls. We're not involved in the kind of city politics, the kind of history of it, you know what I mean? Um, would that Have you seen that uh, th- on this trip? Yeah, absolutely. Just um, as soon as we got here, within a day or two, our lives were in chaos because of the time change, <laughs> right. because of how much effort you guys have to put into to, to actually follow mm. football. Um, I think it does require a certain passion and certain, maybe even a little bit of goofiness. Like right. It seems like... You kind of have to stick together with other football fans because you have this sickness where you want to get up at two in the morning and watch a game. So, yeah, yeah it does seem like there's sort of like a all these straight laced people are living their normal lives and we're staying up having a beer and watching football. <laughs> like it seems like you're getting away with something. Absolutely, it feels like a secret. I mean, goodness me, I'm a Bengals fan, so you don't need to talk to me about the sickness. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah. Mentioned earlier that five or six years ago you were working for for Roto World, diligently typing away. Did you ever imagine that um, one day you'd be in the UK as part of a an internationally listened to podcast and receiving a kind of reception almost akin to the Beatles? Really, <laughs> I had no idea, absolutely no clue that anything like this would be in the future, because I had no idea that that England was this intense about NFL football that the passion was there that the interest was there and I think the rest of America still is probably kind of ignorant about what's going on over here about the interest level about the possibility for even more growth Mm. so it's been it's been fun to see and I think we all after this week we all feel very confident it's something we're going to do again in the future okay well that's really great to hear I mean just from seeing you, you guys on social media this week, I mean, you've done, I mean, you've been worked hard, but you've been having a lot of fun as well by the looks of it. You know, you've done live podcasts in front of audiences. Everyone wants a piece of you guys. You've been down to the London event yesterday. Uh, I think you went to a cricket match. I mean, I mean, that's not necessarily work, obviously. Um, but <laughs> um, aside from appearing on Cincinnati, what has been your highlight so far? I would say, you know, that first day, it was a great welcome. It was a great idea by our, by our shadowy league figures to book <laughs> a cruise down the River Thames. Right. And to me, that that was one of the highlights, but also just getting out and sort of getting into the pubs and hanging out with people. The Tuesday live show and, and then the interaction afterwards, that was, I think for all four of us, that was probably the greatest high we've had all week, just a natural high from from going out and seeing the passion and interacting with everyone. I mean, that must be weird, right? You're, you, you obviously, yes, you do have a lot of interaction with fans, but you can't necessarily see it up close and personal, you know. So how, how have the British people been with you? Yeah, it's so different than, than Twitter. I mean, <clears throat> the British people probably are my favourite Twitter followers, Irish people, Scottish, mm. Australians, you know, our overseas listeners. It's just a more pleasant exchange on Twitter, but then to actually see it in person. Yeah. Um, I sort of like, I think when we go to these things like the Super Bowl or any other kind of fan meetup, I like interesting people, all yeah. around people. And the, I think what, what I like is that the crowd is not just like 
robotic about football and 100, 100% intense. And as soon as you meet me, you want to ask me about your quarterback or something. It's usually <laughs> right, more right. about life. Yeah, it's right, more right. about life and you know the cancer battle and yeah, yeah. and um, interests. So, I, like, I, I enjoy those conversations. We we talk about football all day. So when I meet people, it's not the first thing that I want to talk about for like twenty straight minutes. Sure, sure. And obviously, you know, you've been very honest about your your journey through life, especially in recent years when it's been quite tough. And I think that uh, kind of enamors people with you. You are a human being and we are human beings too. So there's a genuine sort of connection there with some people. One of our listeners, Duncan, I think tweeted you saying that he'd gone through something similar when he was a teenager. So suddenly you have this connection and connection with people all over the world that are just wishing you well and uh, and sending you good vibes, you know? Yeah, I got a lot out of it, especially psychologically when I needed it going right. through chemotherapy and going through the surgery. Um, I got so much out of it. And, you know, Tuesday night when we did the live show, it seemed like every person I met had a grandpa or a sister or a mom hmm. who, who had cancer, and they all related to it. And a lot of people said it helped them through it. It actually helped the people in their lives who were going through cancer to kind of hear what I was going through and to know that they weren't alone. So that was very cool for me to hear that and to to have that experience the other night now you say you know you enjoy talking about life and and meeting people and hearing their stories and and kind of making connections and i think that's what we that's what we started started this community in 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 the uk for bengal's fans you know it's all about shared common interests and shared experiences and those community connections and it's been going really really well so far um but, you know, you're a Cincinnati boy, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on. Um, would it be fair to say you have a complicated relationship with the club and the team? Not the city, but the club and the team? Um, I guess it's fair. I, I sort of think I don't have any relationship right. with the team, but that's probably me deluding myself. There are some leftover feelings yeah. in some way. Um, I usually root against them, but um, I have very fond memories of, of the 1980s Bengals and their 1970s history. Mm. So um, there is some feeling there. There was probably about 15 years of apathy. And now yes. because I work for the league and I have to cover the Bengals, I don't think it's apathy. I think it's more bemusement. Right. I, I like to laugh at their troubles. Yes. Don't we know it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, as you know, yeah, you have been fairly outspoken about the Bengals. So I do ask this with some trepidation, I have to say, um, a lot of Bengals fans are quite positive going into this season. Uh, where do you think the Bengals are, and are we just being incredibly naive and stupid? No, I, I've actually been saying all offseason that this team is stronger than people think they are. I don't think they're 2015 strong or 2000, whatever year Carson Palmer before he tore his ACL. Yeah, 2005. Yeah, I don't think they're quite as strong as those two, those two teams. Mm. But at least they didn't go into this year and and totally ignore their offensive line. Like yeah. last year, it was one of the most head scratching things I've seen from an NFL team to know that their offensive line would be crappy before the year and not even to address it at all. Yeah. Um, so to to actually try to fix it this year, and I think having Tyler Eifert and John Ross healthy mm. is such a huge deal for that offense. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think the offense is totally different than it was last year. 
And the defense, it looks like the defensive line is stronger. Mm. I worry about the linebackers a little bit just because yeah. I always worry about the linebackers. Vontez Perfect will do something stupid, and then he won't be available. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, I think I think you share the kind of optimism and you know kind of rational thought there as well with a lot of Bengals fans. Um, the offense, at least half the left side of the offensive line looks good. Uh, the right side is still a, a you know a very much a work in progress. And I think the thing is, if we can keep Dalton up right for a few more seconds than he was last season and the season before there's a chance that he's going to hit some targets and he's got more targets available and so who you mentioned some of that goes what what do you think it will take for the Bengals to kind of get back into the into the playoff chat this year well I think win close games because I think they're right in that middle ground with a lot of NFL teams where they could go you know, in a best case scenario, maybe eleven and five; in a worst case scenario, five and eleven. Yeah, they're in that range. So win the close games, and then they'll be right there in January, ready to lose that first playoff game, like the team that I love <laughs> in a, in a door. Yeah, you. I, I'm I'm sensing that you just want to. You're itching to get west of us back on the, on the, on the road, aren't you? Really? <laughs> it's my favorite holiday, and I haven't experienced it in a couple of years. I think after going through cancer, it's the least the Bengals can do for me. Okay. Uh, well, on that note, Chris, uh, thank you so much. I, you know, I must reiterate, you have been worked very hard this week. Everyone wants a piece of you. To, so for you to spend some time with us, a little community, online community, thank you so much for the time, Chris. And have a great uh, rest of your stay in London. Thanks for having me. And genuinely, good luck to your Bengals this year. Well, that was Chris Westling. And obviously, he still likes to mix it up with us Bengals fans. Uh, but he sounded positive. You know, he's predicting a successful season. But I think he's right to say that it could go either way with the Bengals. They're in that middle group where yeah. they could break out or they could, you know, go down a bit. Who knows? No, I agree. I mean, Paul as well. Like, I've got to give a shout out. Paul Hiram's getting these amazing guests on week after week. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's got a few restraining orders against him, but still not enough. Where, <laughs> still enough that not enough that we're still on air. So thank you, Paul, for that. That's all right, mate. I've been stalking Chris Westling for about a week now, so I'm pleased that it came off. Um, if the Met are listening, it's all good. It's all it's good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, um, let's go back to our Twitter feed. Um, part two of Cincinnati, our very first immediate post-game discussion show. This is fun, isn't it? It's, I, I'm, I'm literally constantly looking over my shoulder. We've got Pittsburgh 21, Cleveland 21, five minutes left in overtime. Steelers fourth and twenty. I mean, I don't know if they're going to take this. Do you know what I mean? The Browns could be coming away with sweet more than a loss here. Be hilarious if they did. Oh, oh my man. god! Uh, right, let's go back to the Twitter feed then. Um, Nick Parker Kent Care, uh, Kent Care Nick. Hello, Nick. I think you're a first time <laughs> caller. First time uh, caller. We win away. Big positive start. Rushing, looking strong. Dalton was calm. Defense looking predictably strong. I even like. I, I even start to like the new white kit. I love that colour rush that kit. That kit is smart as anything. That I is. love that it. That is proper smart kit. Uh, shout out, please, because long-term Bengals fan, much maligned by mates. Tell you what, Nick, go and tell him to stick it up there. Mate, Sorry. there you go, Nick. Thank you for calling in, mate. Thank you for tweeting in. Absolutely. And you just, I tell you what, make that Clayton Fedulum, uh 
uh, fumble recovery and run back and just make it into a gif and just email them to your mates. That commentary as well. That was amazing. Uh, well, do tweet in again, Nick. Nice to hear from you. Dean Owen Jones. Uh, Ross got his TD finally. Good. Mixon, good. AJ's uncharacteristic drops, perplexing. Fedulim, amazing. O-line, better than I anticipated. D-line, pass rush, not as good as hyped. Mmm, plenty to work on. John Ross was interesting, wasn't he? Just, I think he had the one catch. Am I right? Uh, I think he had one or two. Yeah, and it's just that and little, like, very significant. The little burst, that little burst. He just too quick out of block. And yeah. when, when they made that fade, I hate the fades. Yeah, I've said this before. I hate it. I know you said when it balling up. Especially with Ross, he's not the biggest geezer guy, and you almost want like a you know big boy to jump up and have the you know on a on a five ten corner and have that yeah. battle. Yeah. But he just had too much speed just to the corner. Dalton mm. put it in the right spot. And a fair play to Dalton tonight. He put some balls in the right spot. That ball to Green that was the pass interference was perfectly thrown. Yeah, yeah. The touchdown, the ball to John Ross. I mean, obviously, the, the turnover on the first drive was really like sloppy. And it was, you know, that's not what we want to see. But he did have, he rebounded well. And that's what you want to see from a solid starter and a veteran. I mean, to be like honest, Dalton. to be fair to Dalton, that is his. That's been his career. Mm. And when he's thrown some real head-scratching some ugly, passes, yeah, some yeah, ugly yeah, yeah, yeah. interceptions where you think, what the hell was going on there? But um, but he's always been able to kind of bounce back quite quickly. Yeah. Always. So he did that tonight. I mean, it was a nightmare start. Yeah. But again, noticeably on the next drive, on their next offensive series, they did that very same yeah, play yeah. and it got like a first down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what are you going to do? Um, he mentions, Dean mentioned the, the pass rush there. Um, now they did get to look a few times, but it wasn't quite as scary as perhaps we kind of wanted it to be, I- especially... Uh, against a uh, banged up offensive line, right? The what I would say to that is there was no big plays tonight. We didn't get shredded, and I think the Colts come in and Frank Reich really looked at that and they said well, they got a good pass rush. We got down alignment. Let's run that West Coast quick out. You know, get the ball out quickly, and that's that was their game plan. And I think they exposed our linebackers. I think that's what they did. I think I think we got. To luck a lot. I mean, he was down and they're constantly showing luck going down, luck going down. But yeah. a second after he got it out, I think it was good game planning by the Colts. I think they exploited our weakness. And I think that linebacking core is a bit slow. I think Preston Brown's not the quickest guy out there. Vontez is not the quickest guy out there. I mean, Jordan Evans is a little bit quicker, but he's also, you know, a bit inexperienced. I think... That is an area that they could hurt us. Vinny Ray's not particularly quick. No. Well, that's always been the, the yeah. worry, hasn't it? That, that sort of linebacking core. And you're absolutely right. I thought the, I thought the, um, you know, the, the Colts offensively game planned almost perfectly. Yeah. They were just getting it out so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then even when when luck had a bit of time, there wasn't that much of a of a pass rush you know so apart from the Ebron touchdown I really do think that we held a good job tonight we really kept them in check we limited them we we, you know we, the whole bend and not break thing I think we yeah. really like and I'm okay with that I'm, I mean it's easy to get worried and easy to panic when teams yeah. are marching down the field with three yeah. and four yard passes true 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 but as long as they don't score then it's okay. And there are a few times where we bent and we didn't break. Yeah. Now, on that first touchdown, uh, there was obviously a huge miscommunication Yeah. Uh, between Dre. Jordan Evans and Drake yeah, and Patrick. Yeah, yeah. They were playing zone and no one really knew where yeah, to yeah. go on that one. Um, so, 
I mean, there's lots to... I mean, it was... That first half was very sloppy, I yeah. thought, offensively. Uh, second half, especially after that Dunlap sack, non-sack... Dunlap was exceptional tonight. I thought it was very good. And I think... We'll, and we'll, Jordan Willis, we'll, actually, We might as well talk mean. about it now. Yeah. The whole sack... I mean, I think the fumble might have been reviewed. I'm not sure if his arm was coming forward or not, but pretend it was. It yeah. wasn't, sorry, and it was a fumble. Didn't Clayton Fedgelin pick up that fumble when... Yeah, I think it was him. He took it down Yeah, I think it ten. was him, ironically. I just think that the NFL needs to be really careful, and I think I can completely understand and concur with their theory and thesis behind the whole thing about player safety and looking after that side of the game, because... It is a very violent sport. There are a lot of horrible situations that have come from it. But I just think if you get that pernickety about it, it's going to really, really take the entertainment value out of the game. And it's going to become every big play now. I'm almost thinking like that that fumble return, you're constantly looking, is there a flag? Is there this? Is there that? And, you know, it just really, uh, to me, that in no way, shape or form should have drawn a flag. What they've done that? No, I mean... He went into he's his turned chest, the corner quickly. He's already been flagged for one in the game. He was yeah. flagged earlier when he fell to his feet and basically just put his hands around Luck's ankles. He basically he's gone to the floor instinctively. Oh, that first one. Not yeah, this, he, not. I'm not talking about the one I'm talk- where, where he led with his helmet. And I'm talking about both. I'm just okay, saying right, that right. he turns the corner. He, he sort of gets knocked down, mm. and he's basically he can't look up and be like, oh, has he thrown it yet? And he's just wrapped himself around him and yeah, sort of brought him yeah. down a little bit higher than you yeah. know the ankles, but still sort of on his way down, like instinctive. Yeah, and he's called for that. And then when he turns the corner like that, he's got his head down sort of to the sort of shoulder area. But, you know, you can't always adjust your body perfectly like that. And well, he, he's going so quickly, 100 miles an hour. Luck yeah. could move at any moment. Luck could lower his head. Mm. If Luck lowered his head, he takes his head off. I mean, it's just a very, very different... And especially, I, I give credit to the umpires because... Referees. Or the refs, the umpires. <laughs> but... They have got to make that decision in a split second as well. And it, it's going to be very, very difficult. And I think the NFL is going to really... Draw, I think there's going to be some key games that are decided this year by calls it's like It's going that. to be like the VAR of NFL, Well, it is, it, it is. I, mean? I, think, I think the problem with these new rules is that they're so open to interpretation yeah. that there's going to be a real lack of consistency. I completely agree. And we saw that tonight. Now, first of all, Sean Williams absolutely deserved to go. Yeah. If that was an ejectionable offence now then um, you have to, you know, take the rough with the smooth, that one, and accept it. I mean, he was daft. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Yeah. Um, but then the Dunlap one, the sack, I mean, once in a the time, that was, that was a beautiful, clean hit on a quarterback. Yeah. Drove him backwards, went into his chest. Fell on top of him, didn't... Didn't drive him into the turf. No. Fell straight on top of him. He at no point did he like lean and leverage himself. It no. was very much just a fall. Yeah. He just took him and fell on top of him. Yeah, and then but there was an incident when AJ caught a pass. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was kind of down by contact, so he was by rights a defenceless receiver. Yeah, and uh, Darius Leonard, who I really liked coming out of the draft, who I wanted the Bengals to to draft he came in and smacked him in the head with his own head and yeah. it's like where's and didn't draw a flag well, that, that was a couple of plays before the touchdown yeah, to that's right. T.Y. Hilton yeah. just quick slant really good play by the Colts yeah. you know keeping it going quickly out of the um, what's it called out of the, uh, the shot not the shotgun the uh, my NFL my NFL knows gone what, what are you saying 
out of the no huddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the no huddle, that's where I'm going. No huddle, quick slant to the left-hand side. And T.Y. Hilton is in front of William Jackson. He just throws himself in front. Not not trying to hit the head, not trying to do it. Just trying to get his body in front of the ball. it's the goal line thing. So you're trying to stop a touchdown. Can't go your hand. Absolutely, yeah. And he's just gone like that and they've given 15 yards on the kickoff. And it's like you're saying with the A.J. Green thing, exactly the same situation. Darius Leonard is not, I don't think, targeting the head. He's just trying to get his body... Between Green's forward progress, yeah. if he puts his body in front of Green, he might prevent the forward progress going a yard or two yards. Yeah. That's what the game's about. It, very, very difficult enforcing these laws. Absolutely. And it looks as though Pittsburgh are going to win. They're inside the Cleveland Chris 25. Boswell leveraging up. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, Dastardly Duncan. Hello, Duncan. Dastardly Duncan. Big improvement, second half for sure. I just hope we learn and progress from that game. Agreed. Rather than play like that continually like last year. Nice to go into week two with a win and some optimism, though. And I think that's what it's all about. It is all about momentum. You have to say, we've got to get better. Uh, got to get more in sync. Because uh, we're going to face a much better defence in Baltimore on Thursday night, and if, like we were saying earlier, do you know what I mean? Like people like Suggs on that um, defensive line against someone like Bobby Hart. Yeah, there's only one winner. Every single kind of you know. I think going into that game one and zero versus going in zero and one is just such a different oh, situation. Yeah, yeah. You go in zero and one and you lose. Yeah, and you're seriously picking up the pieces going forward. You know, you're zero and two. The schedule's not easy. It it really looks dire. Mm. All you're going in one and zero at home. The fans have got some confidence in you. There's some momentum there. Yeah. The Ravens had a big win as well, so they're gonna they're not gonna be you know they're not gonna be pushovers at all. I mean, a lot of people when they came into this season were saying, "Oh, I don't know what Baltimore are gonna be like. Not sure they've improved. Yeah. They've they've got some interesting players, and they've you know they've brought in a lot of people to gel together, but. And Flacco started well. Well, he, and, the, and a lot, I mean, I think that Lamar Jackson pick put a fire has really him, put it? a fire up him. Um, right, uh, Philip Yearly. Hello, Phil. It's it's at Pip Boy three thousand. Oh, there we go. Was it Pip Boy or Pit? Pip. Pip, Pip Boy three thousand. That's a Fallout reference. That's right. Yeah, That's I met him reference. yesterday at the NFL thing and a said hello. Big Fallout fan. Absolutely. Um, the stupidness of the new rule involving the tackler landing on the QB as roughing the passer, watching red zone, and this has happened in so many games, but then how are you supposed to tackle someone? And I think that's the that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think there's I think it's gonna be extremely unpopular as the season unfolds. Absolutely. Um Matt Moon at Matt Moon. Uh hello Matt. Uh getting the win great for positive mindset on a short week going into the Ravens game, which is exactly what we said, yeah, right? Hundred percent. Has to, because if we'd have lost that game Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what what would have happened. Um, so I think I think that's about it, isn't it? I mean, Duncan Eden has asked us um, uh, about the food situation tonight. What did we have in terms of food? We had some unbelievable nachos. Like we've we've perfected the nacho cheese. I think is the big thing. Monterey Jack and some good cheddar. Jalapenos, really spicy jalapenos, good tortilla chips, some nice salsa. We had some unbelievable buff, uh, no, some barbecue chicken wings, which were incredible. We also had what else did we have? We had some Peronis. Chris Boswell has just missed. That. He's missed it. He's missed it. Has he missed it? Check it out. He missed oh! it and he shanked it to the <laughs> he left. He shanked it to the left. 
That's wow. not even far out and either. He's, he's just been paid. Look at Tomlin's face. Look at geezer that. Geezer raging. <laughs> like he's just seen his missus with another geezer. <laughs> just seen his missus oh. with Marvin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, um, mate, that's going to be. A, well, I mean, I isn't it great? Let's just let's finish Football's this up back. and have a quick beer and watch the end. Absolutely, <laughs> isn't it great? Football is back. There's unbelievable the excitement kicking off all over the league, uh, and goodness me, I mean, what a game tonight! As I say, it had a yeah, bit of 100%. everything, and we were we were playing really badly, not moving the ball, guts. I mean, they were. I mean, Grit. they were the, the the Colts were on the field pretty much continually. Uh, and it was like, right, well, this is like last year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But then second half, they've obviously made a few adjustments. They yeah. Dunlap got that sacked, uh, revoked, and he was angry. And then the whole team just yeah. played angry. So I would say, like I said earlier, I think the Colts are going to be one of those teams this year that win four or five games. I wouldn't get too excited. But you've got to beat what's put in front of you. It's a road yeah. game, and it's always difficult to win road games. And I think we've done that. We've, we've had a bad season last year and to go on the road to your local rival yeah. and do them like that in a situation that we were behind, at one point we'd be behind by like 13 points. Yeah, and absolutely. And you've, you've had the tenacity to come back and win it. I think there's a lot there mentally that will help us. And that's good. That's always been the knock on the Bengals, yeah. actually. And in fact, my knock on the Bengals, mentally we haven't been strong enough. And it looked as though we'd just come out you know, we had three months to prepare for this. And yeah, we looked exactly. as though we were going to do exactly the same thing as we did last yeah. year. Come out flat, come out not in sync, and yeah. you're scratching your head going, yeah. what is going on, you know? Um, so fair play to them. We are 1-0. and oh. This is the first uh, first podcast of the season. After the first game, we're going to be with you every step of the way, and I hope 100%. you guys are as well. Um, we're going to wrap this up now, Nathan, aren't we? Very quickly. Go on. Looking forward, because we won't have another podcast before the Thursday night game. What are your thoughts about that game at home against the Ravens, Thursday night football? Um, well, I think we've got to play better. Yeah, I do. Just full stop. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah. defensively. and Tidy it up. I mean, they're going to be better running the football, certainly. I think we can handle their receivers. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We've, we've always played well against uh, Baltimore. They've always been really close games. Mm. Uh, aside from that, actually, game at home last 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 year, um, so you'd hope that you know they're a new looking team. The Ravens, they got Crabtree, Willie Snead, but there's there's nothing there's nothing that scares me in wide no. receiver core wise. You know, we've got Crabtree's the, a good player. Yeah, he's solid, but there's nothing yeah. that jumps out at you and says, "Wow, you know." No, and Collins at running backs fairly. You know, he's all right though, and their their defense is. Is pretty solid as well, like yeah, above yeah, average. Yeah. Well, no, I think they're they're a top ten defense. I, the I thing think. is, if we could win that game, if we could just sneak it to two and zero, oh, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you know what I mean, Paul. I do know what you mean, Nathan. <laughs> On prime time as well. Well, that would send a bit bit of a statement we'd out. Because we'd think. be the first team to get to two and zero. Oh. Exactly. At that point, you're basically in the playoffs. But basically, the season ends there, doesn't it? Really, and we'd we're... be the first team to get to two and zero, oh, mate. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Um, enjoy the game on Thursday, guys. Keep in touch with us. Let us know all about your uh, experiences during the game. We've already had some amazing photos and uh, amazing stuff sent through today everyone's super excited and i'm just so relieved that we managed to kind of you know we ain't going on 16 <laughs> we're not going on in 16 <laughs> that's the main thing but i think this game has showed you that uh, well chris westling said you know if we're able to win the close games like we didn't do last year 
and that we did do in 2015, then then who knows? We could get that uh, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, whatever. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We are 1-0 and after another nervy, nervy, nervy game. So while me and Nathan go and cuddle up on his uh, knackered, oh. collapsed sofa, um, <laughs> that's Nathan moaning not because of any kind of pleasure that I'm giving him. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's because he's watching the Cleveland uh, and Pittsburgh game. Come on, Cleveland! Come on, boys! Well, let's hope they win this game. That would be a real. That would well, be the, the cherry get on the, the cake. Get a good tie. Well, there's only like 48 seconds left. It looks let's, come on, let's go and watch it. All right, listen. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. You can get in touch with us at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter and uh, Bengals UK on Facebook. So until next time, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. We'll speak to you soon. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.